So, you know how everything's terrible. Yeah. Let me tell you about the Williams building where I work. Okay, I heard part of this, I think. I can't wait to hear the update. (laughs) Um, So, I walked by my office a few weeks ago, and there was a sign on the bench outside in the hallway that said, Do not sit here, biting insects sighted. And I said, Huh. Doesn't seem like biting insects typically, you know, live in a wooden bench, but sure. And if they do, I mean, biting insects wouldn't be termite, but, like, get rid of the bench would be my thought. And so the next day, instead of there just being a sign on the bench, the bench was gone. Okay, that at least makes a little bit of sense. Um, But later that week, we received an email through the whole department that was just like, hey, by the way, everybody, the whole building's infested with bed bugs. Awesome. And I was like, oh, cool. Of course it is. What are we going to do about that? And they're like, don't worry about it. The building's going to be closed on Saturday. We're going to have everything treated and everything will be okay. Great. Cool. Here's the thing. My office is on the first floor, 20 feet from that initial bench. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't trust this. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Until I wasn't. <laughs> Until I went to my office last week and I'm sitting there prepping for class and I look up and on my map of Anglo-Saxon England are two bed bugs. Juvenile bed bugs. <laughs> And I had to Google to see if that's exactly what it was, because I didn't want to panic. Right. And I didn't want to cause a panic. That's not sure. And so I said, I'm going to Google this, and then I'm going to go upstairs and report it. And I did. And they were like, we'll take care of it. And it was ostensibly treated. Okay. So then Wednesday, I went back. This is what I have not heard. Prepping for class. And I looked down. No. And there was a juvenile bed bug on my leg. Oh my gosh. On my leg. Now, since then, they've moved all of us out of our office. Of course. There are four of us who share that office. And one of these people who shares this office with me is, let's say, histrionic. Let's say a little bit dramatic. Okay. Um, this is not a person I know very well. Okay. But it apparently was a big enough deal that a grievance was filed <laughs> with... The Graduate Assistance Union. Oh, snap! <laughs> because it's a workplace health and safety issue. <laughs> oh, he or she took this quite far. He or she took this very far. We've been moved into a temporary office upstairs. However, the temporary office is literally a giant table with some chairs at it that I have to share with these people. And so I keep trying to go in there just to sit between classes. Because right. that's all I want to do. I just want a place to put my things. Right. It's what an office is. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a, my, a graduate student office is a glorified locker. Yeah. Um, I just put my things there. Um, but, like, this person is doing student conferences for, like, 45 minutes at a time per student. At this table. At this table in our temp office. And I'm like, well. All right. Guess I'm just going to leave my things in the bed bug office because can't do it. This semester. Everything this semester just I mean my year but not my year but also my year look 2017 can go home now as far as I'm concerned yeah. and I feel like I always feel this way at the end of the yeah. year but no really yeah and every yeah I no and, and that was the thing with last year we were like oh 2016 time to go we didn't realize how good we had it <laughs> in 2016 yeah 2017 
I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but... Whew. I will speak for everybody. <laughs> I will speak for every person on God's green earth. <laughs> 2017 is a nightmare. episode 146 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I'm infested with bedbugs. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Today's episode is brought to you, in part, by us... Us and... The Paxton House. The Paxton House. So we have so many long-distance listeners at this point, and many of them will email saying, hey, we want to visit Thomasville. Mm -hmm. Where's the best place to stay? Where are the best places to eat? And I can at least tell you that the best place to stay, by far, is the Paxton House. It's so cute. It's beautiful. So the current owner, Carol Whitney, kind of redid it a few years ago, Mm -hmm. I guess, and I literally walk by it, like, on my walks to and from work, and it's one of those places that I feel like Lorelai and Suki could have owned. Definitely. And I walk by... It is the dragonfly. Yeah, it's the dragonfly, but I wish that Suki was inside cooking me breakfast. Sure. But aside from that, it's this really cute bed and breakfast in Thomasville, walking distance to downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, Carol has decorated the interior beautifully, impeccably, and, guys, their breakfast that they post on Instagram so good. It's not Suki St. James, but it's so good. It's probably pretty good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, So, we love Carol. Um, She especially wanted to uh, sponsor this episode because we have Small Business Saturday coming up, so lots of folks we hope are coming to Thomasville to shop our downtown. It's a perfect opportunity to come downtown if you haven't visited Thomasville yet and it's just been something you're thinking about. The Saturday after Thanksgiving is probably going to be the perfect time to come. We've got so much going on, including, as you know by now, a visit from Jamie Golden of the Popcast. Mm -hmm. She's going to come. We're going to record kind of a live episode from the front porch. A very special episode, but not like a PSA kind of very special episode. That's right. (laughs) And we're going to do a trivia night. And the only reason that we really can bring Jamie to town is because of the support and the sponsorship of the Paxton House. Yep. So, with our thanks and gratitude to Carol Whitney, we also wanted to tell our long-distance listeners about this really wonderful place that you can stay if you're headed to Thomasville this this holiday season. Looking for an adorable B&B in South Georgia? You found it. It's the Paxton House. It's the Paxton House. So to make your reservation, you can go to www.thepaxton1884.com. That's thepaxton1884.com. And then you can also call for reservations, 229-226-5197. Chris will put all this information in the show show notes, notes. including a link to their awesome Instagram page where you can pretend you live in Stars Hollow and have Suki St. James right out your door. Super good. What are we going to talk about today, Annie? Thanksgiving's coming up. It's... In fact, Thanksgiving is this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we're recording early. <laughs> but Thanksgiving is this week. And we considered taking the week off. Yep, we thought about it. But then we persevered. We did. We persisted. <laughs> Nevertheless. Um, because we wanted to talk about food. Yep. Food, near and dear to both of our hearts. We live, well, Annie lives and I once a week work in a place that has a lot of great food in it. I was just in Atlanta last weekend, which is another place with great food in it. I'm going to Charleston next weekend, which is a foodie paradise. Yes. Um, And so I'm just 
so excited about all the food in and my life. I was about to say, and you're a really good cook, and we've talked about that on past episodes mm-hmm. of the podcast before. I am a decent cook. Like, I can cook. I enjoy following directions. But what I really like to do is read, read about food. Right. And maybe a year ago, somewhere around there, we reorganized our cookbook section mm-hmm. to include not just cookbooks that have recipes in them, but also books about food. Like, Anything from food memoirs Mm -hmm. to, like, diatribes about the importance of healthy eating Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I like that because those are books I love to read. Me too. Um, And we've we've covered that topic, I feel like, maybe before or Mm -hmm. or kind of, but there are always new books coming out and there are some we wanted to chat about, so. And so, which ones have you prepared for us, Annie? Okay, so... I, first of all, wanted to talk about the book that I have been saving. Mm -hmm. Like, I specifically have not read this book because I'm going to read it over my Thanksgiving break. All the air quotes around Thanksgiving break because that is essentially a a day. (laughs) But I saved the book The Comfort Food Diaries by Emily Nunn. This book has an awesome cover. You've probably seen it on Instagram or in the bookstore. I know you've probably seen it at the bookshelf. It's got this pie on the front cover. Um... And it is basically about this woman who, I believe the premise is that she had a breakup or this this grief-filled moment in her life. And so her friends kind of around the country said, why don't you take some time off and we'll feed you and take care of you for the next period of time. And so she, like, traveled from friend's house to friend's house, basically being fed by them, I assume, both literally and metaphorically. And uh, and I... Spiritually, bodily. Yes. So I... I mean, I just can't wait to read this. And also, just, like, on today, this day, I really wish that my friends would, like, call me up and be like, Annie, just take some time. Just come in January and stop at each of our homes, and you, too, will be filled with comfort and joy. If I were cooking tonight, I would invite you over. (laughs) Although you've already been to Tallahassee today. Been to Tallahassee today. We've got our big store dinner party Mm -hmm. tonight, um, ironically. So... Life is good, but it's hectic. And a book like this, actually, a lot of foodie books yeah. kind of remind me to slow down. Yeah, I, I get that. I don't know why that is, but they make me take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Comfort Food Diaries just looks like that exact right combination of personal memoir and mm-hmm. also really good food. Right. And I've always been a fan of, like, the, the Michael Pollan school of food writing. Yeah. Um, where it's a little scientific, but also, like, a little bit political. Yeah. Um, talking about, like, why is it that we eat the way that we do? Like, mm-hmm. who has a stake in the food that we prepare and have access to? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just about healthy eating. It's about being conscious of, of who's profiting from what you eat, which yeah. is a, something that we don't think about nearly as often as we should. No, because I think it's one of those things that if we thought about it, it would be, it would be life-changing. Yeah, it would ruin our entire <laughs> lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wendell Berry in a similar boat, although he's... He's bigger than food, although he writes a lot about food. I was going to ask, um, or I was going to mention Wendell Berry, because my my brother is a big Wendell Berry fan, and now, as a result, my parents are mm-hmm. also big Wendell Berry fans. And growing up, so my dad obviously always had this big garden. I think I've talked about that mm-hmm. before on the podcast. Um, but we have, like, farmers in our roots. So my dad's granddad... Uh, owned a farm in Kentucky, and it doesn't always produce food. For mm-hmm. a long time, it produced tobacco, and that's mm-hmm. an interesting conversation to have with my family. But I bet. Uh, yeah, it's really eye opening. But I think because of his upbringing, my dad, like before, whenever we would pray before meals, my dad would always say, "Bless 
of course, the standard, like, bless the hands that have prepared it. But it was also bless the farmers, bless mm-hmm. the bless the workers, bless the harvesters, bless the truckers who drove mm-hmm. it to us. Like, which so was important. really, which I look back and I'm like, gosh, thank you that even as, like, a middle schooler, I at least knew that lots of people had had a hand in where my food was coming from. And it didn't mean my family ate perfectly. I grew up in a home where lots of casseroles, just like anybody Mm -hmm. else. But we at least had this vague awareness of Publix didn't provide this food. Right. <laughs> other people. Publix did not grow. Right. <laughs> grow these peppers in their stock yeah, room. Yeah, other people worked really hard right. to make this possible. And I think Wendell Berry talks a lot about that. He really does. Um, and so it's no wonder that my brother right. and dad are attracted to his writing. The whole supply chain economics yeah. um, is is kind of terrifying when you think about it. Yeah. Um, reading Wendell Berry is always going to make you want to start a garden. Yes. Um, I... I, I came across an article, I think I talked about this last year, um, and obviously I've not had time to do this, but I came across an article about, like, how to, <laughs> how to, how to actually butcher a whole pig, oh, wow. and then, like, use every part of it, yes. and I was like, I want to do it, I want to just get a whole pig. <laughs> Please and, do. And do the whole thing. Just have Kelsey come home to, like, this big, <laughs> big old pig. I'll Kelsey, like, guess what we're gonna do? There's that bacon. <laughs> Date night. <laughs> Date night. We're going to butcher a hog. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I, mean, I want to do that. Could happen. Um. So there's also <laughs> this genre, I feel like, which I don't see a ton of books like this, but where food and books meet. So yeah. meaning, I feel like a lot of book clubs especially love books about books. Yeah. Well, last year, my Thanksgiving book, my Christmas book that I loved, was Voracious. Oh, yeah. Um, which actually is this really gorgeous... If you... I try not to judge people who read electronically, um, but Voracious is one that really should be read tactily. Is that the right mm-hmm. word? Um, you really need to either grab this one from your library or buy it from your local independent bookstore because the paper quality is really outstanding and there are gorgeous Mm. illustrations throughout. And what this author does is she takes the books that she loved in her childhood and then she creates a recipe based Mm. on the book. I love that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about The Boxcar Children, Little House on the Prairie. She kind of works her way through and she pulls out a recipe from each of those. And some of the books... I wouldn't have associated with a food at all, but she really did. And, and so you've got the memoir portion, which is about why she fell in love with that book. Um, but then you've also got this recipe at the end of each chapter. And I love that format. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of books, um, really do well with that format, including one I've mentioned in my, uh, personal email newsletter and on air here, a homemade life by Molly Wise. Oh, I think it's Weisenberg. Now I'm hesitating. Um, but I think it's out of print and that's a shame because a homemade life is so beautiful. And I distinctly remember reading that while we lived in Tallahassee and I have always loved books about food, but that didn't always translate to, I'm going to go make something. Mm -hmm. It just meant, let me enjoy reading this mouthwatering description of something. But that book made me go out and immediately buy the ingredients for the chocolate cake. She mentions in there and I, and it was really good. Uh, so, so a homemade life, if you can find a copy of that book is so beautiful and so worth owning. Um, speaking of voracious and the kind of, um, format of it, where it kind of tells a story and then gives you a recipe. Yes. I feel like that would work so much better 
in book form than it does in blog form. Mm. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion that I should say for our other show. <laughs> I hate food blogs. Oh, really? We should talk about this sometime. We, okay, so maybe I'll hold off on this, but <laughs> just, just to give up my reason why, when I'm looking for recipes... I don't care about your story. You don't care about your per- the personal right. story. I don't care at all. And I don't need 30 pictures of you preparing the meal. Yeah. I just want the list of ingredients. Interesting. And that comes all the way at the end always. And here's the thing. If it were reversed and you had the recipe up top for people who were just looking for a recipe. And then you, and then it you followed the it with the rest. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I love the idea of the food blog. But nobody nobody is looking for those. No, that's true. They're looking for a recipe. They're, they're in their recipe. kitchen looking for a and recipe. And then they're annoyed yeah. that they have to read through somebody's story about their great aunt dying <laughs> to get their, like, macaroni and cheese recipe, you know? <laughs> and I'm not about that. All right, got to talk about this. All right, uh, as, episode seven. <laughs> as an aside, do you follow Joy the Baker on Instagram? No. This has nothing to do with books, but here we go. Um, I love my food. Well, and she has written, I think, a couple of cookbooks. I adore Joy the Baker. She also does Drake's on Cake. Drake on Cakes. Drake, I've, the singer. Okay, I've seen that okay. somewhere, but yeah. Okay, I... Look, I that is totally lost on me. That is not my... I'm sure. sure you're shocked that that is not my brand of humor. You know, uh, you're not into hotline bling? I know. I didn't know what that was for so long. Um, so I don't really follow any of that. But I fell in love with her when she and her best friend like hosted this podcast. The name of it I cannot recall. Um, but now I follow her on Instagram, and she is delightful to follow. She lives in New Orleans now, and her Instagram stories are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that is not true of many people who do Instagram true. stories, including perhaps myself. I feel like I don't know what to do with that uh, portion of the I think I've had three ever total. <laughs> I mean, I try, but then I'm always like, should I have done that? Oh, well. <laughs> um, but she does a really good job because she will kind of walk you through a recipe. So it's essentially like watching a cooking show mm-hmm. only down to three to five minutes instead yeah. of a 30 minute And I show. do like that. I think the, the Instagram story is a good venue for that kind of so thing. So you should look up Joy the Baker, tag her in the I show will. notes because she's a fun person to follow as we near the holiday season. Perfect. I will definitely look into that. Um, speaking of things and the holiday season, last year, was it even two years ago? I think it was two years ago, we were introduced to this wonderful book called Kitchens of the Great Midwest. I think it was two years ago. I, it was two years ago. Um, a shame. I hope people I are still reading it. That's been so long. I hope so, too, because this book is so good. We by this book. Ryan Stradle. Yeah. Um, I gave it to my mom for Christmas after I read the copy that I bought her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because I wanted to read it, and it was so good. It's so good. Still one of the best I've read the past five years. Yeah, it really is, and nobody talks about it. No. Um, I mean, we have championed it because both of us have read it, mm-hmm. and I feel like when both of us have read something, it comes up a lot. <laughs> it does. Um, but if you're listening to other book podcasts besides ours, I'm not sure it's one that got a ton of attention, no. uh, which is a shame. Um, and its paperback cover was not nearly as good. No, but... Was, mm. But... I do think a couple of book clubs here in Thomasville read that, and I had one um, podcast listener, regular customer, who commented that she loved it once she kind of read it as a short story collection, Mm -hmm. which I can understand. Sure, yeah. Um, Because the chapters do... Every every chapter's a different character. Right, so you might feel a little disjointed, but trust me. Trust us. There is a method to that seeming madness. Mm -hmm. Oh, that book is so good. Um, Another kind of foodie novel... Um, cause that's, that does not follow the recipe format. No, not that is at just all. a novel mm. where food plays a main character, I think. Yep. Um, similarly, I have not, full disclosure, I have not read this. However, my mom read it in hardcover and I just saw the paperback cover and I'm going to buy it cause it's going to be my other holiday read. Nice. Uh, it looks 
and I don't mean this in the typical way because I'm not a Hallmark movie fan, uh, but it looks like a the best kind of Hallmark movie cover of this book. It's called The City Baker's Guide to Country Living. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so the hardback was like this woman sitting at a counter, mm-hmm. I feel like, and, and I wanted to read it. That was a great cover. Uh, the paperback cover it's releasing in a couple of weeks is beautiful. It looks straight out. I know we've already dropped like several Gilmore Girls references, but I'm rewatching it, whatever. Um, It looks just like an episode. When are you not (laughs) rewatching Gilmore Girls? That was the real question. I have, look, I've got got new unpopular opinions about that. Or maybe popular. Uh, I have thoughts. We'll hold off. Um, But City Baker's Guide to Country Living, it comes out in paperback later this year, like in a couple weeks, I think. Um, Gorgeous cover, straight out of Stars Hollow, and it just looks like a cozy book where, again, food just kind of plays a, um, a unifying character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cannot, I really want to read this. My mom loved it when it came out. So. The title makes me think of Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. Yes. And I have just this working theory about her that she is held captive on that ranch. <laughs> and that if you watch her very closely, she's always blinking in Morse code. <laughs> You're so dark. I know. I mean, this is what I really think, that, like, at any given time... Anyone? There, there are sniper, snipers trained on her while she's on camera. All right, I'll be watching for that. Just, I, I wish you knew Morse code so you could tell us what she was saying. I know, right? I only know SOS. <laughs> um, but it's important. Everybody needs to know that. So City Baker's Guide probably has a little bit of redrumming, and I think some... Uh, Jan Karen mm-hmm, uh, Mitford mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. kind of vibe. So I'm curious about that one. And uh, then your next one? Yeah, can I drop a kid's book title? Please do. Okay, I just... Because kids' books and food are so good. Guys, oh my gosh. Um, I have been reading dragon books to um, to the kids in story time this month. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but that's partly because I didn't have any Thanksgiving children books, children's book in stock. And so I decided to do dragons because we have a lot of dragon books right now. But one of them, obviously, is Dragons Love Tacos and Dragons Love Tacos too. Those are so good. Both of which are fantastic. I'm sure parents already know about those. Here's one you don't know about. Okay. It's called Donuts and Dragons. Donuts. Donuts. All right. Look, that's lost on children. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, because obviously that is a play on donut and night and night, but they don't really get that at first. But it's a rhyming picture book, and it's about this knight who wanders into a dragon's cave, mm-hmm. and instead of them hating each other and the dragon eating the knight, they both discover they have a mutual love of baking. Oh, and so they bake together until they realize it's time for the yearly duel. And they have to duel each other, and they're trying to figure out how can we get past this. Do We're friends now, and so, so, so they make donuts shaped like knights and dragons, mm-hmm. and then the knight spears the dragon donut, mm-hmm. and the dragon eats the knight donut. I love it to like overcome. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's this wonderful rhyme about how there would be no more dueling in the land, only bake-offs and food fights. It's perfect. It's adorable. <laughs> it's so good. It's called Donuts and Dragons. World Peace. And I highly recommend it. I It's definitely one of those children's books that grown-ups love, but that four-year-old, like the three-year-olds kind of got it, but the four-year-olds definitely understood, oh, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be fighting each other. Um 
So I would probably say four and up really get it, but the grown-ups reading it will also get a lot of joy. That's so good. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, anything else? Um, I was just going to mention a couple that I always mention. I still am dying for you to read Supper of the Lamb. Yep. Uh, that is a favorite of mine of all time. I also love Shauna Nyquist's Bread and Wine. Right. That's another one where it's essays followed by a recipe. And, again, hers is one of those where I actually was inspired to go out and make the blueberry crisp mm-hmm. that she mentions. Oh, I want a crisp. Oh, it's really good because it's not too sweet. It's mm. perfect for actually eating at breakfast without feeling like you're disgusted. Good. Um, and then Jen Hatmaker, um, who does not often write about food, although she did post a really great chicken salad recipe to her Instagram the other day. <laughs> um, she typically writes about faith, and she's you know somewhat controversial, I think, in the evangelical world. Yeah. But her latest book of Mess and Moxie had a couple of great chapters with really good sounding recipes. So I like her because she seems kind of just down to earth, like, this is what I feed my four to six children. (laughs) Like, given, I say four to six, some of them are like um, in college. So she has four to six children in her home at any given time. I got you. Okay. Like, she doesn't know how many children she has. It's part of her charm. (laughs) Just like Re. Yeah. I think Re and Jen probably, yeah. On the ranch. Yeah, probably. Um, Yeah, so those are my foodie recommendations. I love that. Um, I will always go back to Wendell Berry. Yep. I'll always go back to Michael Pollan, Kitchen of the Great Midwest. And also, if you haven't read Michael Pollan and you're kind of intimidated, Omnivore's Dilemma and Cooked, um, there's a four-part documentary on Netflix that he did that is essentially cooked, but but boiled down into its essentials. Boiled down? Yeah. I did that, I did that intentionally. <laughs> um, it's very good and very accessible. Um, the it, It's in... Uh, it's broken up into earth, air, fire, and water. Oh, cool. And I think it's the, I don't remember which episode it is, but he does one episode entirely about bread. Oh. And about how, like, we talk so much about wheat and gluten and all this stuff in American culture right now. Um, and he has some interesting and good and political and scientific ideas about why we talk about it the way we do. Oh, And it's because we don't understand how bread is made. Okay, yeah, and I don't, so. Yeah, I, it was really eye-opening. I might have to watch this. I recommend it. Super good. I think they're a half hour a piece. I probably should take a break from all the serial killer stuff I'm watching. Probably. And, and just go into like, why bread is really good. Yeah. Because the Great British Bake Off is like, oh, like I'm not uh, watching yeah, it right now. Mm-hmm. So it's probably time to like. And they changed all the hosts. And yeah, who cares even anymore? I don't, I don't care anymore. I just, I wish Netflix Mary would like Barry add all nothing. the old mm-hmm. seasons so that I could just pretend the change hadn't happened. Agreed. Um. Well, we should have our own cooking show. That could be bonus content. Um, I would do that in a heartbeat. It could be like you teaching me how to cook. I would, <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Maybe that's exclusive Patreon content. We can do. Maddie can come film it for, yeah, each, for our YouTube I mean. channel. Let's do it. Let's do that. is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited, thank goodness, by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on this episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop.
Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel. It's from their album Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more and listen more at forlornstrangers.com. And if you're curious about all this exclusive content we're talking about, like hearing our unpopular opinions and maybe watching our cooking show, um, you can learn more at patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch, where you can make a very small monthly donation um, to gain access to our behind-the-scenes and exclusive content. It's a lot of fun for us to make, it's a lot of fun for me to post, um, and I'm getting more regular at it. So thank you for um, sticking with us if you have been a patron, pa Patreon patron <laughs> for the past couple months. Um, for full episodes of our show, you can check out fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. We were reading Dragon's Love Tacos 2 together, um, and one of the children looked so, so disappointed and upset. <laughs> this is what I heard. I just like pizza, not tacos. <laughs> it just made me die laughing. My child is the opposite of me. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.